podcast episode 124. It is 2015 now. It's about 1.30 in the morning on New Year's Eve. I mean on New Year's Day 2015. I am your host Elizabeth Collins and I just felt like doing a podcast. I can't sleep. Um, no particular reason. Just uh, been wanting to do a podcast for a, few, a while. I haven't done one for a while. And um, I thought New Year's Day was as good a time as any. Don't have anything specifically New Year's to do. Uh, it's basically just a continuation of um, all the stuff that I've been talking about for the last five years. Or is it now six? I think it might even be six because. I started doing my podcast, and I believe it was New Year's Day 2009, so that's six years. Um, So Happy New Year everybody, I hope that your vegan advocacy is going well and that you're gaining momentum and that you're really getting things going wherever you live, and hopefully let's make 2015 the best year yet for vegan advocacy. <coughs> I don't have a cold, but um, it sounds like I do, but I don't get colds anymore. But I was just listening to this really emotional song. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, there's this movie called Crash. It's from 2004. And um, it was uh, a big upset in the, uh, what is it called, the Oscars? Because everybody thought Brokeback Mountain was going to win that year. uh, And it didn't win. Crash won. I never saw Brokeback Mountain, but I saw Crash. And I thought, this movie should have won. I don't care what other movie there was. But anyway, there's a song. It's like the the ending song. It's called In the Deep. And the singer is Bird York. And um, yeah, it just made me really emotional for some reason. So I'm recovering from that, um, just in this moment. So I sound like I have a cold, but I don't. (laughs) I don't get colds anymore, yay! Because I'm vegan. Um, Well, I'm one of those lucky vegans who never get colds anymore. I mean, I I met another vegan who, she said she had finally got a cold, like after about nine years. So maybe I'll get a cold again. But it hasn't happened yet, and I love it because... It's really true. I mean, it's just such a bonus. I mean, it's nothing worse than a cold. I don't get flu. I don't get colds. I can't say that I don't get ill because I've had, um, you know, like, I mean, I think I even got food poisoning from some poisoned mushrooms that I got from the supermarket. There was one thing that happened. Um, other than that, I usually just, yeah. But um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, yeah, I don't get colds or flu. Um, but there are other other things like, you know, endometriosis and things like that that women get, which, uh, being vegan doesn't mean you're invincible. I mean, I don't want to, I, I try, I, now, now when I say to people, oh, I don't get sick, I, I, I try to be specific, I'm like, I'm not invincible, I mean, but I just don't get viruses anymore, I just don't get colds or flu, I just don't. Anyway, bonus. Um, so, uh, but... Um, yeah, this this year I'm hoping is going to be a really big year. Um, I plan to do a lot of activities. I haven't done anything for the summer because um, I just had surgery for endometriosis, actually. Um, and um, an endometrioma. And that wasn't very nice. I've never, ever in my life had surgery before. And um, I'm recovering from that. And it's abdominal, so it's a real drag. I can't do my stall, which is really bumming me out because the weather has been unbelievable. Plus... I'm on holiday this week, but I was also resting as well, and I can't do any heavy lifting, and I mean, even small lifting I'm not allowed to do for like weeks because it was abdominal, and they burn all your insides, so that was a lesson for me, I thought I was pretty invincible there, but apparently I'm not, but anyway, that's the end of that, and let's hope it doesn't come back, so uh, yeah, let's hope, and um, it's, uh, it would have, I think it's like, it starts um, years like, I think it started, I all put it towards my non-veganism, like, I look at myself and I think, you know, really, I was non-vegan for 34 years, 
I ate really terribly. I mean, I'm not even going to tell you what my diet was. It was disgusting. Really disgusting. Even by a fully sort of non-vegan... I mean, I, I just... Yeah. But, um... Even by those standards of, of like, you know... Um, but, uh, and also I drank a lot of alcohol when I was young and all those kinds of things. I did not treat my body like a temple, put it that way. Smoked cigarettes and goodness knows what else. I mean, so I, you know, I have 34 years of some pretty severe kind of abuse of my body, um, to deal with. So, um, like, uh, you know, it might, it might catch up with me because like some of these things, like they can sort of start, Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried or anything about that, but it's just a fact, um, that, you know, there's, like, uh, I, I put a lot of poison in my body for uh, many decades. Um, but, you know, a year after going vegan, I completely stopped getting colds and flu, so pff, pretty amazing. And all my acne disappeared as well. I used to have horrible acne right up until I went vegan, just horrible. Adult acne, I just never thought I'd be free of it. It was all over my body. Sometimes it was on my back, my chest, or definitely on my face. I think I've spoken about that before, so anyway... This is obviously very personal. It must be the new year. So, but I just actually, there was a topic. It just popped into my head tonight and I thought, oh, I have to do a podcast about this. And I think I might have seen something on Facebook about it. Um, Usually I'll see something somewhere and I'll be like, oh, that's another thing that I want to talk about. Um, Because there's always, always, always stuff to talk about. Um, And I don't think I've actually addressed this in a podcast, although I may have because I'm very forgetful. But uh, so what I wanted to talk about just uh, tonight was I see that there is um, some, some, this isn't that big of a deal, I guess, but I find it, I think it's really distracting and I don't agree with it. Um, there are some people who want to focus on, um, instead of, like they'll look at abolitionists, for example, and they'll look at Gary Francione, for example, his work, where he, he tries to focus people on the property status. He really, really tries because it's just so important. And um, and what happens is, he'll 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 say say things like you know we don't we have direct obligations to non-human animals, or we don't necessarily have indirect obligations to non-human animals. We can't protect all individual beings on this earth from harm. We can't protect all humans from harm. And I'm not talking murder and rape and, and assault. I'm talking harm, accidents or disasters natural, you know, diseases, um, things like that, and um, he's, he's, a, he's a very practical and logical uh, person, but this is a person who, if he saw an injured animal by the side of the road, he would stop to help that animal, I know that, um, but I'm not going to speak for Gary Francione, because I can't, he, he speaks for himself, I'm going to speak for me, but I'm just saying uh, the abolitionists who embrace his theory and promote his theory, you know, I um, I agree with, with his theory and I really try to focus people on the property status of animals. I really try to focus people on vegan advocacy. Vegan advocacy. Just promote veganism. I don't know. It's like going to be engraved on my tombstone or whatever. Um, and um, so then there'll be all these other discussions uh, that I've seen, which may have been going on before, and they're not necessarily leveled at abolitionists, but they they tend to be, uh, they tend to take those things out of context, and they tend to say, well, you know, um, we, they, they tend to act as if, by, by abolitionists saying, you know, we need to focus on promoting veganism and the property status, and we don't really want to spend time talking about how to turn all the carnivores into herbivores, which some people seem to want to do. And um, and then we'll, and then it's like oh well you you then they, then they kind of act as if we we would never help an injured animal or something like that 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 if we came across, um, I'm going to speak for myself. There is no like. What what we're saying is that, let me address for example these big huge discussions and I know there's like some scholars have dedicated their their sort of lives to it, vegan, like, a- academic, there's a guy in Spain, I think, or he speaks Spanish anyway, can't remember what country he's from, and I haven't really investigated, you know, his theories and stuff, I've seen it, I, this was a few years ago, I saw it floating around, and I'm just like, what? So he was going on and on about how, you know, we, we, um, need to dedicate ourselves, you know, once the, once the word goes vegan, it's like, we need to be intervening all the time to prevent harm, and the thing is, if you really look at, 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 
at, at that if you really take a critical look. So for example, there's people who, who say that we that they that that you know we should be promoting nonviolence in, in nature as well. So like the carnivores we need to be intervening to make to, to make them herbivores and things. But it's all very arbitrary. You know what? They always focus on the big cats. Like there's just cat haters out there. Um, probably because cats have been domesticated and therefore we have these carnivores living in our home. We have snakes. People have snakes who are domesticated. They have they're not necessarily domesticated, but they've trapped, you know, they're trapped as pets. And um, there's other carnivorous animals that, who, who, who are, uh, 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 tra- you know, made into pets. But cats are, like, the breeds that we have, they're debreeded to be domesticated. They're bred to be mini, they're miniatures of their, ans- you know, of their ancestors. They're mini little toys is what people made, really. These little cat toys that they could have around their homes. And they happen to be obligate carnivores because physiologically they are felines, just like lions and tigers. So I think a lot of the hatred towards cats from the vegan community comes from being in close proximity and knowing that because they are, it's harder, it's more difficult to um, get cats, a decent vegan diet for them is not as straightforward and easily done as it is for dogs and obviously for herbivorous pets like rabbits etc etc so maybe that's where that comes from um but anyway i see a lot of the people talking you know who who are talking about this you know once we once we make the human world vegan we're going to make the whole world vegan right um th- th- they they focus on cats and then i'm just like oh hang on a minute hang on just a minute what about the dolphins? Are you going to go in the ocean and make them vegan as well? What about the sharks? Are you going to make them vegan? What about seals? They eat fishes. What about all the birds who eat other animals? Are you going to make them vegan too? What about all the snakes? What about the insects who eat other insects? And you know, they don't think about that. They just focus on the cats, it seems to me. Um, and if you think about the ma- the the ma- the, the um the concept behind what they're saying, unless they're talking about some spiritual energy thing, which could be true, like they're just like, we're just going to put out this energy and everybody's going to, you know, eat, you know, I don't quite really know, but practically speaking, I find it very disturbing. I find it very disturbing, number one, because these are people who are vegan who really need to be getting out there and talking to non-vegans about veganism. That's what they really should be focused on. I really think it is a waste of our time right now to um like I always like to hypothesize and fantasies are great and and it's very nice thought. I mean don't get me wrong, I find it very distressing the violence in in, in nature. Um I really do. It it's very distressing. I actually now that I'm vegan, I, I used to watch um when I was a kid, I was fascinated by animals and nature. I really, really, really was. And I would watch documentaries all as many as I could possibly fit into my little head of of every single animal. Didn't matter what, I just wanted to watch them. So I would watch documentaries on lions, documentaries on tigers, you know, um, documentaries on um, alligators, I mean, but most of the ones, I used to love the, the documentaries on on the big cats and they seem to be really popular and there seems to be a lot of them there's been a lot of filming a lot of movies made and the killing you know the killing they would show the killing i i can't i can't really watch those documentaries anymore so i understand the sentiment i understand this desire to to protect the vulnerable herbivores um from being you know ripped apart and basically you know devoured yes yes i understand that but um how how are you going to do that without i mean so it's just like those people who want to use violence like uh, there's going to be victim you know we I, I'm I don't want to have poverty of ambition and you know maybe because I don't spend a lot of time discussing this because I really don't think we should be I think we should be out there doing vegan advocacy um but um I I don't I I challenge I challenge um, that the the that they're going to do this harmlessly that they're not going to cause more harm by trying to go and interfere with nature. So there's a big difference between saying we don't have direct obligations. In other words, we shouldn't be going into nature and and and, and trying to interfere in every animal's life. We should be leaving them alone. That is what abolition is about. Like we just need to leave them alone. Just stay out of their way as much as we can and stop interfering in their lives 
you know doesn't mean though that when you if you come across an individual or a group of individuals even who are in distress or who are in danger or who are hurt that you're not going to um you know who are injured by a natural disaster you're not going to you know they act like by saying that we're saying that if we walked past a, a, a an animal who was burned in a forest fire and it was dying of thirst we would just not you know i we would just for some reason they seem to think that we would suggest not giving them water and not saving that animal um no that's not it at all that's definitely not it i mean i certainly don't agree with that but I, what i don't want to do is have a bunch of humans vegan or not going out into nature and trying to um control everything because i just don't think it can be done without massive massive harm i really really don't harm more harm i think it would cause more problems um unless there's some magic wand that you can wave if you've got a magic wand and you can wave it and it's harmless then i totally am behind that but until that magic wand comes along i really think we need to be watching it okay otherwise it's just arbitrary and it's just more speciesism you're going to go out and mess with the cats with the tigers and the lions um you're going to mess with them that's what everybody's going to focus on because they're worried about this beautiful cute adorable animals whom they kill right but then you know nobody's talking about going in the you know messing with the do- nobody's talking about the dolphins they they kill fishes nobody you know what i mean so um i don't know if even anybody listening even knows what the heck i am blathering on about um but if you have happened to come across these big sort of i don't know i don't even see the point in i mean it's a nice sentiment to think that we can wave this magic wand and everything but there are people who dedicate like much much time objective objecting to um devolutionist approach because Gary Francione doesn't take this into consideration and say, you know, and then they accuse him of being speciesist because he says we should leave them alone. We don't have direct obligations. We don't, we don't, we don't, ha- you know, it's not our job to be going out into the wild and trying to control everything. And then they act as if that's him, him being speciesist and, and callous. And I've seen this. I mean, maybe it's only been in one or two places and maybe it doesn't worry, even warrant an entire podcast episode and maybe I'm dread giving it too much attention but you know it just annoys me when I see um I sometimes see like there is so much important work to be done and I understand the importance for discussion and community feeling and touching base with people who feel the same way as you and you know letting your ideas out and letting your fantasies out and la 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 but you know we have so much important work to do and it's only just begun and it's almost too late like you know I I don't even know if we're even going to be around for very much, you know, the planet. I don't know if the life on Earth is going to survive, basically, how bad things are. So we really need to be focused, all of our resources and all of our time and energy, every last vegan, every last one who wants to open their mouth and and write a blog or have a conversation or something like that, instead of talking about how, you know, what we really need to be worrying about is all of the carnivores, the big cats out there who are killing all the fluffy deers, right? And how we need to be figuring out how we're going to, you know, to control all that. That's time and, and energy that you could be putting in into getting some creative, nonviolent vegan education going in your community where there are humans killing fluffy deers. Oh, yes, they are. And eating them, too. So, I mean, and and all the other animals. So, do you understand, sometimes I I see these things being given attention or given importance, and I I don't want to belittle people's efforts, but, well, I mean, obviously I do that a lot when I'm talking about welfareism, but uh, this just, to me, seems, this is just another thing. And then you have, there's a lot of things that we we really need to, to discuss once we've at least turned a, the significant portion of the world vegan to the point where just like human slavery, non-human slavery is morally opposed globally, okay? Now there's a lot, like, doesn't anybody realize the amount of work that's going to have to be done after that? I mean, look at women's lib, look at 
at at civil rights. I mean, the 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 slave, uh, the you know human uh, race-based slavery was officially and legally abolished and morally opposed, and there is still so much work left to be done. I mean, we're still working on that, right? So, uh, there's gonna be a lot to deal with, and yes, we're gonna have to figure out how we're gonna coexist as vegans with this new way of looking at other animals and recognizing their personhood and where do we you know how do we coexist you know where 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 our, our obligations after that point yes okay i mean we are going to have to think about that but right now and and i'm not saying you shouldn't lay some groundwork and stuff but i just totally disagree with this whole we're going to go out there and we're going to we're going to veganize all of the uh non-humans because they're I don't see anybody talking about the insects, and I mean, they're just being very arbitrary and speciesist when they talk about that, it seems to me. You know seals, that everybody goes crazy, oh, the seals, the seals, they're, they're, you know, they're clubbing the seals, which is horrendous, I mean, it's horrendous. The seals are, eat, eat fishes, I mean, don't, don't the fishes matter to, 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 to these people who want to want to veganize, you know, all of the carnivores, I mean, come on. So um, I really think that, I just really hope that, that we can start to see some focus this year uh, coming up. I really want to see some focus in my country, I'll tell you that much. I am so tired of seeing things just all over the place. You go on these vegan pages, well they call themselves vegan pages, and it is still a mess. There is so much non-veganism on there, there is so much dithering and dathering around. Where is the focus? We need focus so badly. That is what we need. Focus. We need to focus on vegan education. 100%. Just like the abolitionists against uh, race-based slavery focused on abolishing slavery. They focused on that. Maybe, you know, I, I they didn't they didn't have a change of heart. There was a war. I don't agree with 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 there being a war and I think that um uh, you know, war just creates more victims. I mean, I remember somebody um, was talk going on about violence and how, um, you know, we we we're just being cowards and passive because you know the the allies went in and and and, and if it wasn't for them, how many more millions of Jews and 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 non-Jews, but 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 you know the the non-Aryans as far as the German the sort of those fanatical sort of psychopaths were concerned didn't deserve to live and then how many more people would have would have been killed and 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 then they looked at the war and they say you know war or war you know how many millions of people were killed are killed in war i was just read i was just reading today i'm just reading today a biography of julian assange and wikileaks it's an unauthorized biography about that written by two of the uh, newspaper journalists who were, work for The Guardian, David Lee and Luke, no, David Lee and, oh, was it Luke Harding? No, he's the Moscow. Anyway, and they were, they brought up again the statistics, and I was reading again the statistics um, of the amount of people killed, of the amount of civilians killed in in, in Iraq. And and um, I remember somebody was, they weren't necessarily being pro-violence, but they were, this is years ago, about, on oh, my vegan, on like, I think it was before I got rid of my Facebook, I was on my personal profile on Facebook, when I used to just be Elizabeth Collins on Facebook, which I just closed down, I just didn't want to have it anymore, I had like 500 friends or something, I didn't know half these people, and then like, some of these people who were supposedly my friends, people would send me stuff, and they were like, saying terrible things about me as a person, you know, like, she's a, like a, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm not even going to repeat it. So I'm like, eh, I don't need this. Not that I care what they say, but I just was like, eh, I just want to be a page and just focus. I want to focus, man. We need to focus. Doesn't everybody understand that? That's the word maybe we should start getting people going because they go on about how it's boring. It's one, it's a one track or it's, it's, it's this one track thing. And we need to, you know, you just, if you just look at the vegan advocacy world out there, even people who claim to be abolitionists, and there's so many of them now because it's like the the trendy word, they are a mess. They 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 are a mess. You know, um, they just post everything. Um, you know, except f they don't focus on vegan education. Go to Gary Francione's page. There you're going to see focus, okay? And he focuses, and he focuses everybody who comes onto that page. You will get focused real quick, believe me. 
by him on that page and by me because I'm actually an admin on that page and I will do my best to focus people and that's what we're trying to do and it's like a splash of cold water in the face it's like a wake-up call it's like we are the freezing cold shower that are pouring on these people's heads with their just everything they've got their petitions against the skinning of dogs in China and they've got their petitions against SeaWorld and they've got their protests over here and they've got their you know this whatever 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 and we're like where is the focus come on people there is so much that you could be doing in your community educating people about veganism don't they know how important that is to do you know so that's what I'm really hoping to see this year. That's going to be my new buzzword for 2015. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing in New Zealand. I've been focusing on vegan education. I started out a little all over the place. I had, you know, I had some pamphlets and things that were a little all over the place. I was very new. I was a new vegan, but I got focused. You know how I got focused? Because I stayed with the abolitionist approach. And that just hones your sight you know it's like keep your eyes on the prize that's what my father always used to say to me uh and and you know it's not it's not about being short-sighted and it's not about being narrow-minded there are so and and there's another thing it's like when you talk about non-violence veganism is just the baseline you know just it's not it's it's one part of a non-violent life it's one part of it there's a lot of of violence and just environmental i mean i have to confess that um, I am really making more of an effort to be environmentally conscious than I used to and this goes down to plastic um, does everybody know about the gyres in the ocean I mean it is shocking so I've been tr- being I'm failing miserably compared to a lot of people to eliminate my waste plastic that I'm doing right um, it's it's it means that um, you know everybody talks about how veganism's hard veganism's hard no it's not you can be vegan and you don't even really need that much cooperation like you unless you want to go and eat out everybody's like oh I want to eat out oh I can't you know that's the biggest thing I see at my stall when people who are traveling and stuff when they, they say that oh I'm vegan but it's so hard to be vegan in New Zealand there's the, in the restaurants and I'm like what the hell? That is so trivial compared to the issue of these non-humans, what they're going through. You're worried about your restaurant experience? Give me a break. And I, and then I, I don't obviously say that to them. I don't say that. But what I say is, look, talk to the waiters, talk to the restaurant. You can, gr- you can uh, tell them you have, if you want to do subterfuge, tell them you have allergies, but I prefer to be up front and say I'm vegan the only thing is, is that I have to admit I'm a suspicious person and um, only because I'm very trusting so it's really hard to explain it's like a um, what's that word a um, a, 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 a oh this is a word for like a not oxymoron but it's like a a contradiction but there's a really cool word that I can't remember uh, what's that word? Anyway, so like on the one hand, I'm really trusting and I get sucked in and I get manipulated really easily. That's one of the things that annoys me about myself and why I like to stay away from people, to be honest, because I'm easily manipulated and I get sucked in. But on the other hand, because of all my experiences of being sucked in, I do have this really suspicious streak. So it's hard to explain. It's a, it's a, a conflict there. So... When I go to restaurants, which is very rare, but when I do, or if I, if I'm, let's say I'm, let's say I'm buying a, a, an Indian um, dish from this restaurant, and they they totally say it's vegan. No, there's no ghee, no ghee. It's a vegetarian restaurant, so they don't have any flesh. They just have, and they don't have eggs because they're they're uh, sort of Hindu vegetarians, which means it's all dairy. So it's like ghee, butter paneer which is a type of cheese and um yeah cheese butter ghee which is clarified butter and those would be the non v that would be the non-vegan thing would be those dairy products and milk and yogurt okay those are the kind of things that you have to watch out in those restaurants and so they'll look me in the eye and I'll, and I'll just think 
but can I trust you? Are you lying to me? And I know that, you know, and I, it's hard for me to trust. So the thing, what I'm trying to say now is when I, when you go to a restaurant and you say, because I, I spoke to somebody recently who I met and she said, um, I said, you know, I, I sometimes wonder if, if, if they just say it. Yeah, 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 there's no dairy. And she said, oh no, you would know, believe me. She said, you'd recognize it, you'd fail it because she says it coats your mouth because it happened to her. She was given something with dairy in it when she said that she didn't want it. She said she was vegan. Um, I can't remember this. She didn't go into the circumstances, but she said it happened. Something happened where she consumed dairy. And she instantly knew because she said it's this fatty, because it's animal protein, which is very different from visual protein. So that hasn't, I don't think that's happened. So um, to me, like, I think I've, I've been okay because she said, you'll know, believe me, you'll know. And what she does now is she says she's allergic, like deadly allergic. Like I'm terribly allergic to dairy. I'm terribly allergic to this. And then she says the restaurant will definitely keep it out of your food because they don't want a lawsuit or they don't want you to get sick or they don't want to get a bad review. But, you know, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but if I say I'm vegan, they, I, I've worked, you know, so part of the problem is I've worked in a lot of restaurants. So I don't want people to get put off here, but I'm just saying that um, part of me, sometimes I, I, that's why I said, even though I don't think we should be saying that, I think it's safe sometimes to say you're allergic. Um, you could say both. You could say, I'm vegan and I'm very allergic. And you could lie. Which I don't usually promote lying. You see, this is the dilemma here. I'm having a bit of a crisis right now. Should I even be saying this things? Oh gosh, what am I going to do? This is my confessional. My podcast is my confessional. These are the thoughts I wrestle with, you know. I mean, crikey, I am certainly not perfect by any means. And I I wrestle with things all the time. I don't go out to eat much. But what I generally do is I, I generally tr- put my trust. Because you can't live like that, you know. So I go to a restaurant when it happens and I say, is there any ghee? Is there any this? And they say, they look me in the eye and they say, no, there's not. It's vegan. And I say, thank you very much. And I eat it. Okay, this is what I do. But there's this little tiny scared part of me, this little voice saying, what if it's not? What if they've put something in it and I don't know and I'll never know? Um... But my friend, or this, well, she's not, I only met her once, but she said, no, you'd know, you'd know. Um, So anyway, these are the things that that I wrestle with. But this isn't by no means saying that veganism is, quote, difficult. It's just, you know, when you're in a a vegan in a non-vegan world, you're constantly having these internal, well, I certainly am, you're having these internal um, dialogue constantly, right? Well, maybe I'm the only one, but I doubt it. So most of the time it's it's all good and I'm I have very positive experiences because I'm I communicate with them. And you know, let's go with Anne Frank. Let's go with Anne Frank. Um where you can either think everyone's a psychopath who's gonna be malicious and spit in your food or do worse, or you can say people are fundamentally good and you know, go with that. And I've I think I would know if I'd been given animal products because I think it would make me sick. So, um, but anyway, back to my my story at the store. What I tell people is communicate with the waiters, communicate with the restaurant. If you go to an Italian restaurant, you can tell them I want pasta with olive oil and broccoli. And that's it. No bacon bits, no parmesan. I mean, just talk to them. So this, this is the, this is the, um, I've lost my train of thought. Why I don't even know why I started talking about people at the stall complaining about their how or their um their um the reason that they were yeah anyway I've completely lost my train of thought so maybe I should even just stop my podcast there. I feel a bit better having gotten that um, one out about the about this big sort of discussion off to the side about how you know we need to be figuring out how we're going to interfere in nature to make everything vegan after we make ourselves, you know, after the human race goes vegan, look, can we focus please on the human race going vegan, please, can we focus on that, you know, maybe a little bit later, we could focus on, you know, other things, there are so many issues, like, I think about them all the time, but I don't really, I don't really want to spend a whole podcast episode talking about them either, because sometimes it's like, I don't want to, I don't want people to lose focus, I don't want to distract people, 
I want people to stay on track. I'm trying to inspire people to go and do vegan education and just move away from all this madness. It's a, It gives me a headache when I go on these pages. I just get dizzy. I'm just like overwhelmed. And that's what used to happen to me. You see, that's the problem. These new animal advocates. It is so overwhelming. Which petition should I sign? There are 50 trillion billion zillion animal exploitation practices happening right now right now i mean i would you know maybe not 50 trillion zillion but let's say thousands thousands of horrific torturous things happening to so many different types of animals in so many different ways are happening every day and you know what that is overwhelming. How are you going to create a petition for all of those? But you know what stops them? Veganism. Because every single one of those things, whether it's some kind of experimentation, or whether it's some kind of testing, which is testing household products, which is different from vivisection, right? Whether it's some kind of hunting, whether it's some kind of, um, of product making, whether it's clothing or food or makeup or or um, whether it's supposed entertainment, all of those things, vegans don't do any of that. So when you promote vegans, pro-veganism, and you get people to think about veganism, you're addressing all of those 50,000 different uses that you could have a petition for in one go. In one go. That's what I don't understand. And then I just don't understand. I just don't get how people can just still not see that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So, um, yeah, I mean, focus. We need focus. I'm not a leader. I am not an organizer. I am as much of a doer as I can be in my own life. And I have a lot more free time than lots of other people. I know that. I do not have children. I do not have uh, a husband or anything like that that I have to worry about maintaining a relationship with. I don't have um, very many friends because I came to New Zealand as an abolitionist vegan and quickly wiped out any chance of friendship with all the new welfareist vegans. <laughs> and um, and uh, I have some friends here very you know very good people they're very busy as well but I mean I don't have this big sort of I don't have all these demands on my time is what I'm trying to say that other people have all these expectations and demands my family's not very demanding um I, I've got a very small family uh even those little sort of obligations are take up time you know my weeks weekend sometimes on my whole Saturday like this Saturday I'm going to go see my dad and I'm going to go see my mum and that's basically going to take up the whole day I have to drive it's about half an hour drive and then my dad is very very frail and um if he wants to go out it's you know he's got a walker and he's very frail and he moves very slowly so that so things like that so that can be like the whole Saturday and then when you work 40 hours a week you've only got two days off so I even with the you know, I have more free time than a lot of people, and 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 I only can do what I can do. But if if everybody did, uh, you know, instead of s staying up and signing those petitions, everybody's like, it's just a click, it's just a click. And I'm like, you know what? If you add all those clicks up, and the time, and the energy, and the emotional energy that you're spending on all those petitions, because it's emotionally draining, and a lot of the time, the stuff is is coupled with horrific footage and photos like that's another reason why I avoid a lot of um of of of, of vegan pages or animal rights pages because they post stuff that I just want to throw myself on the ground and weep I cannot see that I don't I I don't like to see uh, blood and guts I know it's happening I don't need to see it. it 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 hurts me I don't need those images in my brain I mean I have plenty and I think that one is enough and just even the knowledge even without the images because you go to a supermarket and you see the body parts I mean use your imagination right I mean come on so that's another reason why I avoid those th those pages I don't post that stuff on my page and I um, Gary Francione doesn't either although there have been a couple of posters which are 
um, have been distressing. Um, and, you know, I still really recommend Gary Francione's videos, um, his slideshows of, of the, there's four of them and they cover four different books. There's the most important one, which is The Theory of Animal Rights, which is Introduction to Animal Rights, Your Child or the Dog is a Book. And there are distressing images in that, but it's hard to explain. When the images are, first of all, these beautiful images as well, they're not videos and they're brief. And I, I can't describe it, but the context is so important. Like those, those, those slideshows. I would always put a disclaimer and say, listen, there are some upsetting photos. Like, I have them at my stall. I still have my flip books. God, those were such a massive failure. <laughs> Nobody has ever looked through a whole flip book. They take hours. But um, I still have them there. And people will pick them up and just randomly flip through them. And I will instantly say, listen, there's some distressing photos in there. You just have to be warned. But the thing is, when you watch the Theory of Animal Rights uh, video, and I recommend all vegans watch it, okay? The context, the, the, the hard-hitting, to-the-point, focused, unbelievable theory in those, in those, it helps you to cope with this because it focuses you. When you go onto these vegan pages and there's just torture video after torture video and they're saying, sign this petition, what the hell is that going to do? It's not going to do sh nothing. It's not going to do anything because we live in a world in which your grandmother, who is the most sweetest, loving, soft and cozy, cuddly person you can imagine is going down to the store and buying the slaughtered corpses of little fluffy, fluffy baby lambs and chopping them up in her kitchen. I mean, come on, people, wake up. So that's, I just really recommend those videos, but you have to, so I'm not saying like, I don't necessarily think, I don't like to use any, any um, graphic, I don't have any graphic pictures at my stall. I don't even have any pictures of non-humans which I vacillate on that I remember I was at with Bubs um, Bubs Peters and we were doing a stall I can't remember where it was he's very observant he's a very uh, observant person um, to have around he just notices things that I just don't notice I can be so oblivious sometimes really I mean just terribly so uh, so it's not great but he you know is and and he kept he kept saying to me oh, at the end of the day because we had this one picture of of these pigs there's a poster from Gary Francione which is one of his one of the sayings which I love which is like um uh the notion that we can use non-humans for trivial reasons such as palate pleasure or fashion is one of the most morally repugnant ideas in the history of human thought that's almost an exact paraphrase of that I love that and the poster itself is pigs are not not uh, slaughtered, uh, alive, uh, very young, and they are definitely captive, and they're definitely slaves, but they have these beautiful faces, and, it, and then it has that, and, and what Bubs was noting to me, he noticed to me, hey, all the children who will pass, all the young people who will pass, they instantly look at the pigs, and they're drawn to those pictures, and so what he was probably suggesting, or at least pointing out to me, or at least what, what he pointed out made me think that, gee, maybe I should be putting up more of these um, photos of animals at my stall, one or two, because that will attract the, that will draw the attention of some people, like the young people and children, who will then come over. Um, but um, the cupcakes draw, draw attention. But anyway, I go back and forth on, on having photos of animals um, at my stall or just words. I think words are really, really powerful, but then there are some people, you know, sometimes I, 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 I struggle because I know there are people, very, very capable people, but who have lack, they have not had access to a fair education. They have been deprived their right and they cannot read uh, or their reading is very, very limited. Um, they were deprived of an education through either abuse or, you know, whatever, alcoholism, oppression, um, poverty. And so I always think, you know, those people, we need to reach those people as well. But I think talking is, is helpful because you can talk to somebody and, and just, you know, people do come over and, and the word vegan um, is okay. And people will come over and talk to you. Um, I can't actually say if I've actually had any illiterate people, people who are unable to read and write, come over. Um, maybe I actually have, and they're just like, hey, what are you doing here? And then I can talk to them. So talking is so important. You know, don't don't put it down, you know. Don't think you have to scream at them, you know. I, what, I've seen these videos where people walk into a restaurant and start yelling 
and reading a text and yelling. I mean, you need to talk. You need to interact with people. And a, a mass protest, okay, but it, like in Auckland, we don't we don't have any vegan mass things. It's all welfareist and it's all funded and to promote the welfareist groups and their campaigns and to get money. So that's the only time people get together and um, I wouldn't have any part of that. So, you know, I'll, I'll do my little bit um, and, and I do what I can. And, and there are people, you know, who, who might have really heavy demands on their time, but they can still help. They can still help. Um, they can make food for you, which I have somebody donating cupcakes, which is so helpful, really saves me a big thing, because when you have the cupcakes made and delivered to your door, I mean, you can't ask for more than that, you don't have to do all the cooking at the night, and then all the dishes, and all the packing, and somebody does it for you, that is beautiful, um, you could have people who, maybe they're, um, you know, they're really, really unable to actually get out there and do it, but they, they might have money, well, they could, don't, they could print a bunch of pamphlets for you, and bring them to you, you know, you could do that, um, you know, um, there's, there's so much you can do, as long as it's focused on vegan advocacy, as long as it's focused on getting that dialogue happening, you know, helping people with their website, um, not, you know, somebody who doesn't have money to pay for a website designer and who wants to put a blog up, who knows how to get interest or who knows how to reach their community uh, with a website, because online advocacy is supremely important as well. I mean, that's how I went vegan. Um, and, you know, you can you can donate your time, you can work from home, you know, you, doesn't, you don't even have to leave the house, but you're still focusing on helping vegan, you know, vegan advocacy, not everybody is going to take a table and go and sit on the street corner and do it, I know that, but there's so much you can do, and you can help the people who are doing that, by helping them, you know, um, providing them with pamphlets if they can't afford to keep printing them out, providing them with the food so that on top of, you know, everything else that they have to do, carry all the equipment, go there on the day, da 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 they just, you know, there's, there's all these kind of things you do, as long as it's focused, you know, get those petitions off your Facebook wall, you know, just get rid of them, they're just overwhelming and confusing, and then the worst thing about it is that, that non-vegan people go there and sign those petitions, and it just reinforces all the speciesism, and reinforces all the hierarchy, um, these, these animals count, those animals don't, we don't even mention those animals, we don't even mention them, it's like they don't even exist, you know, the cows, you know, the calves, you know, the chickens, unless it's it's only about the cages, it's not about the fact that they're persons and that we shouldn't be using them anyway, we shouldn't be bringing them into existence, and you have to learn abolitionist theory because, I mean, I'm, I'm so much more confident now at my stall because thanks to Gary Francione's work, I have answers to those questions of people like, you know, aren't, aren't all the animals gonna, um, you know, there's gonna be so many of them, um, they, you know, they, they say, well, if we all go vegan, what's gonna happen to all those animals, there's so many of them, and I, you know, I now, I learned, I mean, maybe I would have eventually figured it out, but I didn't have to, because it was already, it was already, somebody already thought it up, and it's so brilliant, it's like, just stop breed. we need to stop breeding them into existence for our use, that's what, the answer to that is people you know you say yes but we've we have bred those animals into existence we're not saying that we want to slaughter all of the ones who we have now we want to care for them but it doesn't mean we have to indefinitely care for 56 billion animals a year on the land and goodness knows how many you know whatever we just stop breeding them into existence we could we could get rid of domestication with a concerted effort um with uh you know within two generations of it, because we control their entire breeding, we control it, um, so we, um, oh, I do, I do dream, I do dream, I really, really do, but I'm still focused on what's happening now, ah, I just caught my train of thought about the plastic, I just caught it, so before I go, let me go back to that, so, um, yeah, you, in terms of being a vegan, you can be vegan now, and you don't, need a heck of a lot of cooperation unless you want to go out and eat and things like that but in terms you can still control that like you can control that but when it comes to getting rid of plastic whoa you need cooperation 
you need cooperation you know what I mean like how can I explain this so like for example I need to eat so I'm not gonna starve myself so um, let's say I need to eat a balanced diet I can't just live on broccoli right uh, so I want to balance it out with some nuts and some grains and things like that well you go to the supermarket and what if it's everything's in a plastic bag what if all of those staples that you need are in plastic bags? And this is another thing, like I, when I talk about veganism being like it, the first step and the minor step, and, and ecologically speaking, I see a lot of vegan goods wrapped in plastic, non-recyclable plastic, okay? Non-recycled and non-recyclable plastic. Um, um, and I, I don't make a big, I don't like make big, big things about it because I'm trying to focus people on vegan education, but as I just it's just a new step that I'm reaching in my life where I'm really really um, it's it's a lot of work and you need cooperation because like I said so all these things are wrapped in plastic so for example I'm getting you know I'm finding like rice noodles I cannot find rice noodles in bulk I just can't find them so I've just it's I found this there's this recycling plastic comp place in New Zealand in Auckland and I save all of my packaging that I do get because you know, it's so shocking, like, now that I've really trying to make a daily concerted effort to, to not buy goods wrapped in plastic, food wrapped in plastic, um, anything like that, still the amount of plastic that I accumulate, just randomly here and there, and it adds up, and I'm like, wow, this is so heavy, because before I was conscious of this, how much waste was I creating, it just shocks me to even look at my past and think oh my god what have I been responsible for but you can't live in the past but anyway what I'm trying to say is like compared to you know I'm just saying you know go vegan and everything you're gonna you're gonna figure you're going to uh, open your consciousness and you're going to start thinking about the planet and you're going to start thinking about the eco the environment a heck of a lot more than you did before you were not vegan trust me it just is automatic because you recognize that there's all these beings out there and we're destroying the planet right so when it comes to plastic you need cooperation because when it comes to veganism you already have the cooperation you know why because even though you have to go to the restaurant you have to talk and da, 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 there is so much vegan food in this world I mean there's, there's so much vegan food I mean if you, you talk about quantity you talk about variety the vast majority of food if you talk about individual items is vegan I mean look at the amount of vegetables there are in, in the world compared to the amount of flesh products you know what I mean? Unless you want to start talking about eating the flesh of every single species on the planet, there's very little. So talking like variety-wise vegan food, it's already out there. You don't need that much cooperation. There's everywhere. It's already there. Vegan food is everywhere. Vegan clothing is everywhere because there's cotton. And there is, um, nowadays, like, obviously you want to buy, there's, there's this more ethically produced clothing, but basically organic cotton is just, I just really think we need to be buying organic cotton. But um, what I'm saying is that when it comes to that, the, the, the basics of being vegan, it's it's there. But when I'm trying to be plastic free and I'm needing the cooperation of my suppliers, that's a whole different story because even the vegan products are in plastic, right? So I, that's what I'm saying. Like Once we get more people to go vegan, we'll have more cooperation, hopefully around those other things as well because there's... I'm really lucky that I live in Auckland and that, that I have a bulk, there's bulk food stores all over the place and I'm lucky that I have a car and I can get to them. So I, and I'm lucky that I can afford to pay um, at these fancy health food stores on my salary. I can go and buy, you know, nuts and quinoa and stuff that's not wrapped in plastic and that I just re, I try to reuse as many of the paper bags as I can, like I just save them up, the paper bags, you know, and um, um, I can do that. Not everybody can do that. But I'm not going to tell someone who is um, not vegan, uh, you know, if they have a choice between a, a piece of, of, of meat from a butcher or, or a bag of rice wrapped in plastic, I'm going to tell them to buy the rice because we need to get people to go vegan. We need to end slavery. Um, but, you know, there's all, like I say, these internal, there's just so much work to be done, but we need to focus on getting people vegan, right? Believe me, that that will open the consciousness that we need. But we need them to be vegan. They have to be vegan. So what, now I'm finding, like, I'm really vocal about it. Like, I'll go to stores. I'm vocal about my veganism, but I'm also vocal about plastic now. 
and um, there's a bulk food store called Bin In in Auckland. It's just opened up, and it's it's amazing. I'm like this. I can get a, um, xanthan gum because I'm gluten free um, because I had endometriosis, and that really is bad for gluten for some reason. Um, I'm hoping that now that I've had the surgery, that I can eat gluten again. But then I'm a, I have been eating a little bit, but then. I can't tell if it's just pain from the surgery or what, so I'm a little scared. So I might just have to stay gluten-free for the rest of my life. So anybody who's gluten-free knows about xanthan gum. Well, xanthan gum comes in plastic, and a lot of the gluten-free flowers were in plastic. I couldn't find them in anything but plastic. Sorghum flour, whatever it's however you pronounce it, you know, coconut flour, and all of these flowers, you know, um, tapioca flour, they were all in plastic bags, and I was going crazy because I'm like, I don't want to buy plastic, you know. But there's this bulk food store that's open. It's actually in... Um, there's one in Howick in Auckland, and they have xanthan gum in bulk. They have buckwheat flour in bulk. They have um, cornstarch. They have tapioca. Not tapioca. They have arrowroot. We don't have, we don't get tapioca in New Zealand. We only get arrowroot, and they just call it both, but they're actually different. So be warned. But anyway, so I'm so thrilled, and I went there, and I love arborio rice. Like oh, that arborio rice makes such delicious dishes because when you go gluten free, you really start to when you ate as much pasta as I did, you realize that, wow, there's just so many different types of rice out there because you start eating more rice. I love arborio rice, but um, it was always wrapped in plastic um, because you can buy all the other rices in bulk. I mean, you can buy them from like the even just a regular supermarket. Um, I think pack and save, if you have a pack and save in New Zealand clothes, but I can buy them from down the road from the Whole Foods shop. Um, but not arborio rice. So I found it. I rang. I wrote to the company. And I said, "Do you have arborio rice in bulk? You know, do, does, I just assumed everything was in bulk when I went when I went to Benin. No, no, no. They have tons of stuff in plastic that they sell. Tons. So what I did was when I talk about cooperation, and it doesn't necessarily solve the problem. But what I did is I went there, and I and I said to the guy, you know, this is so great. And then I said to him. Um, so where's the arborio rice? Because your company, you know, I wrote to the website and they told me you had arborio rice. And he says, oh, there it is. And there it was all plasticed up in plastic bags, you know, custom plastic bags with the company logo on. And no doubt it was like number five plastic and number seven plastic. Number five and seven are those really thick, thick ones, like the Ziplocs. And I said to him, oh, I said, look, I don't want it. I said, you know, the whole reason I'm coming here is because I'm avoiding plastic. That's the whole entire reason I'm coming to your store. And I had my own paper bags, right? And he said, here... You can, um, I'll pour it into one of your paper bags and I'll reuse this bag. I mean, isn't that cool? So that's what I do now. There's two things that he has that I want that, um, like I said, doesn't solve the problem because there's still that plastic bag out there. But I said to him, you know, why why don't you have arborio rice in bulk? And for some reason he said he would never do it. And he never really gave me a reason. I wasn't sure if maybe it doesn't store the same. Maybe it doesn't work well when it's exposed to the air or something like that. There's got to be some reason. Um... But he's willing to, um, so when I go there, if I want that rice, he will reuse the plastic instead of making me buy the plastic. He'll pour it into me, and it's a start. Um, and there's um, there's a company I really love. I've, I, I've got a tortilla maker. And there's another thing, because you, when you go gluten-free, trust me, it's, you know, going gluten-free has actually been one of the best things that's happened to me. It's really opened my diet because I just relied so much on gluten. Pasta, 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 bread, 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 pasta, pasta, pasta. I have a Flickr feed, and if you look at my Flickr feed, it was like pasta every... I mean, I don't post a photo every time I eat, but oh, it's just so much pasta. And now I learned about tortillas and all these, you know, just quinoa and buckwheat and all of these things that I just would never have really bothered with because why bother? I could just have, you know, I could just have toast, right? Um, so... The tortillas, yeah, so there's um, this corn flour, it's masa harina actually, it's a very specialized type of flour, it's been, um, this is a really cool word, like mixamatized or something, they put lime in it, and um, it's wrapped in plastic, and um, so I wrote to the company, and they're willing to let me come out to their headquarters, okay, and fill my stuff at their headquarters, I'm not kidding, they were like, go for it, I said, you know, can you please make your stuff available in bulk, I was like, what about the bin in stores, so I'm working on it, you really need these, that's what I'm saying, like, in those kind of things, you know, in terms of going plastic free, we need cooperation from these companies, we have to make it happen, and I'm sure it was the same for gluten free, 
you know, they started, people started to demand gluten-free crackers and gluten-free breads and they need a cooperation from them. So it is about cooperation, you know, um, and communication and opening your mouth. So you have to be vocal and it's the same for veganism, you know, go into the bakery and say, where's the vegan stuff? I want vegan stuff. You don't have any vegan stuff? Oh, okay, well, I'm not going to buy anything. That's a shame, you know. Do that and go to the restaurants and teach them about vegan cooking and, and do do believe them, you know. <laughs> don't don't be wrecked with doubt like like I'm just a very sort of uh, well, I don't know the word I'm a very uh, um, doubtful person I think um, so yeah anyway uh, so that's so yeah so so uh, you know and there's a lot to a lot to work on but um, being vocal about it is, is really important um, yeah and we do need so and, and it is about cooperation and people might think that's ironic because here I am I'm so I refuse to cooperate with the welfareist and the new I should say new welfareist because what I'm talking about like if you listen to my podcast over the last six years you can guarantee that 99.9999% of the times that I say the word welfareist I actually mean new welfareist which is very different and very specific so but late and I'll try to remember to say that rather than welfareist now but um, I use the terms interchangeably and I really shouldn't so um, but I refuse to cooperate with the new welfareist and the new welfareist groups because I refuse to cooperate with racists and sexists to help them perpetuate racism and sexism you know what I mean um, but in terms of like cooperating um, in terms of, of, of its yeah so you can you can call me hypocrite if you want but I I'm talking about we do need cooperation but what I want is the vegans to cooperate and focusing on veganism I'm not going to cooperate with groups and organizations who promote perpetuate the use of animals and perpetuate speciesism because it's immoral to me so I'm not talking about that kind of cooperation because a lot of time the new welfareists will be like you know the abolitionists they don't want to cooperate you know and what they really mean is they want us to shut up about abolition and just completely toe the party line and completely go along with well new welfareism that's what they mean um, you know, they, they, they don't mean cooperate, they mean, um, you know, shut up and, and do what we, we, <laughs> you know, what we, we, we want your, you know, we want you to, to, to stop criticizing us, basically, it's, and we can't, you know, we can't stop criticizing them, um, but cooperation in terms of vegan advocacy, uh, uh, I'm talking just about vegan advocacy, you can, you can cooperate with each other and help each other, and, um, uh, I, I'm um, very strict. I don't want to be. I don't want to do vegan advocacy with anybody who refuses to mention Gary Francione or who. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear Buddha, but she's become very, becoming very vocal in her old age. Come here. I can't see her because I'm sitting in the dark. Because it's it's two in the morning, and I'm trying not to wake my neighbor uh, with this n noise. But what's the matter? Where is she? I don't know if you can hear her, but anyway, um, so as I was saying, yeah, I, I'm very clear on, on what I, advocacy I want to do. Um, you know, I want to promote the abolitionist approach, uh, I want to talk about vegans, I want to hand out that literature, um, so, um, but um, I will cooperate with anybody else who wants to do that. <laughs> Um, and I don't, and, you know, other people want to do vegan advocacy without mentioning uh, Gary Francione. Um, I'm not going to interfere with them doing that. I'm just not going to be part of it. Um, I mean, if they're, like, promoting abolition without actually promoting, like, the founder of the theory. There's a lot of that going on in the world, in New Zealand as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, I'm I'm much more worried about what the welfareists are doing, new welfareists are doing, put it that way. So yeah, that's that's my rant for the happy new year of 2015. Um, boy, that was uh, um, kind of all over the place, but I feel better. I think I might be able to go to sleep now. Um, I'll have to see what how I can appease Buddha. She gets quite restless. I don't get much sleep these days, to be honest. Um, she's going deaf and I think she became deaf after her surgery to remove she had teeth that were her teeth were always damaged um I when I when I when I adopted her she, she was about six years old and I think she really was she's 17 now 
And her teeth were in bad shape, and there was no, I mean, I tried. I got them cleaned and everything, but they were like, look, these teeth are. And so she's started to get kidney disease, unfortunately, which is very, very scary. I'm trying not to dwell on it, but the vet advised that um, because her kidney disease is in its such early stages, very, very early, early stages, he said, look, the longer it goes on, the more dangerous it is for her to go into general anesthetic. But those teeth that she has left, they're going to just, just... We can't clean them. They're just... He said they need to come out, so it was better to take them out now while she's still reasonably healthy than wait until they're festering and painful and, and giving her abscesses. I mean, I don't want to put her through that. But I believe she's very deaf and I think it almost was like I was like what the heck from one day to the next and then I started googling on the internet and it turns out that sometimes they can become they can go deaf after surgery and the consequence of that is that her meows are really loud now and she can wake me up what's the matter I better get off I have to go and see I have to go and just give her some attention so anyway thank you so much for listening and um, let me see if I can see her. Um, thank you so much for listening. Here she is. Oh, she's running away. <laughs> okay. Um, for listening and Happy New Year. And um, I will definitely be back with more podcasts. Okay. Um, until next time. Bye. <laughs>